On today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, we are having fun with numbers here, looking at Jalen Hurts and his statistics year over year. We're taking a look at some basic metrics and some advanced passing metrics to see where Jalen Hurts improved from 2020 to 2021 and where he can still go to reach that ceiling that many people expect him to eclipse in his career. And to finish up today's show, we will be talking, and you'll hear a message from our friends at the four respective teams that are playing on Conference Championship Weekend to bring you into Super Bowl Sunday two weeks from this weekend. And we will see which one of those four teams from each conference will play out and get to the Super Bowl. And we will have a message from all four of those hosts and more here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. Thank you for tuning in for this first listen of the day. Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in, everybody, to the fourth episode this week here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. Thank you for making the Locked On Eagles podcast your first listen of each and every day. As always, I am your host of the Locked On Eagles podcast, Gino Camilleri. And today we have a quick two-segment show before segment three. We allow the four respective hosts playing in conference championship weekend to give their pitch to why that they will be playing in Super Bowl Sunday from the Locked On Now show that is hosted by Kim Becker. You'll get all that and more here on the Locked On Eagles podcast, and I want to get right into it. I used my accounting degree a little bit today, and I went into some of the numbers. I went and looked at multiple different sites from NFL.com, RBDSM, and Ben Baldwin, the computer cowboy, to next-gen stats. There's many more, and I tagged all the appropriate sources on Twitter, and I put this out. This was a nice little compilation of some numbers that I put together from Jalen Hurts year over year. And like I said, I have an accounting degree. I don't really use it. It's over in the corner taking up space. So I figured I would get a little bit of knowledge and put together a nice little Excel spreadsheet. Something not too difficult to understand, but something that you could look at and correlate some of these numbers from across these advanced passing metrics to see where Jalen Hurts has improved and where he yet has to go to reach his ceiling, which people believe he can hit that mark. I still have to see more examples of improvement, but it is nice to see this improvement year over year. So I tweeted this graphic out and I have it on an Excel spreadsheet here on YouTube. You could follow along on the screen. If you're listening along, I recommend you pull up my Twitter account and pull up the tweet in regards to all of these metrics. It has a nice little green, red, and blue all over it. You'll be able to find it relatively easy on my Twitter account. And what I did is I went through year over year. I broke it down in the statistics that could be recorded by game and other ones I just looked at and calm it, calm, culmination. That's the word I was looking for here. A culmination of the season statistics, the cumulative value looking at the longest pass of the season. That's something that you can't measure in a per game basis, something rather you measure in a cumulative amount throughout the year and which one of course sits at the highest threshold. And let's start out with Jalen Hurts and some of the basic 
things that I looked at, obviously, on NFL.com. You could go on there. They give you all the basic things. They give you attempts, completion, completion percentage, his rating. You could always take a look at how many fumbles he has, how many 20 or 40-plus yard plays he has, first down percentage, things like that. But I just want to look at the very simple things at first, completion percentage, interceptions, and fumbles, because I think those are very indicative of where Jalen Hurts can go. So if you take a look, yes, his attempts per game dropped from 29.6 to 28.8, but his completions per game rose from 15.4 to 17.67, which brings him up from 52% completion percentage in 2020 to 61.3 in 2021. And what that says to me is that he's about right on par with where he was throwing last year. They brought that number down in the second half of the season, obviously, where you saw him get into these rush lanes more where he's running the ball, where Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, that whole collective back there is running the ball. And they went away from that 40 to 35 right in that range passing attempts per game to around 24 to, I would say, 20. So anywhere in that range as well. So completing 17 of 24 passes is very good. And he is a, I would say, peak and valley type of player where he did have some outings where he did throw 52% completion percentage, but he also had games where he finished in the high 70s. So to bring it all together, to finish at 61.3 in your first full season starting, you look at Carson Wentz, that's relative to where he was. That's relative to a lot of quarterbacks around the league. You're going to get the occasional alien quarterback, but right in the first season of starting, 61.3% completion percentage, that is very, very good on the resume of Jalen Hurts. He did that when he went from Alabama to Oklahoma. It's a different category now playing in the NFL, but to go from 52 to 61, you like to see that jump. If he could fall in around 64 next year, I think that would be very good for a player like Jalen Hurts. Last year, he threw six passing touchdowns in five games. This year, he had 16 in 15 games. He had nine interceptions through 15 games this year, four through five games last year, and then fumbles. He had an even nine through five games last year and nine through 15 games this year. So you see those metrics, the touchdown metrics, the interception and fumble. Touchdown, it did drop on a per-game basis from 1.2 to 1.07, but he's still getting you around one throwing touchdown per game. You would like to see him get closer to that one-and-a-half number, and I think he will continue to grow next year into that role. But I'm more concerned with him taking care of the football because I don't care if he scores with his legs or his arm. I care if he gives the ball to the other team where they can score with their legs or their arm. He only had nine fumbles through 15 games this year, only nine interceptions, doesn't hit double digits in either one of those sections at .6 per game. I mean, that's around 1.2 total per game. If he could stay at a steady one turnover per game, finish with like a 17 per season rating, I think that's going to be exactly where you want a quote-unquote game manager or a player who can keep you in games with the style of Jalen Hurts being around that number. Another area where you want to see him continue to improve as well is this little section right here. Excuse me for those watching on YouTube. I just right-clicked on accident, covered up the screen. But I'm talking about this section called bad throws. And this is tracked on Pro Football Reference on their advanced passing metrics. They have a nice collective there. It talks about drops, 
sack, sack yards on target throws. But bad throws are one thing that if you could keep those down, it automatically improves your on-target throws. As you could see from 2020, where he had 36 bad throws through five games, that's a 7.2 per game rating. And he had 82 on-target throws with a 16.4 through each game last year. This year, he had 3.8 bad throws per game with 21.27 on-target throws per game. So automatically, by decreasing bad throws, you're increasing good throws. I know, a very simple concept. But if you take care of the football and put it in an area where only your receiver can get it, you're only going to improve your completion percentage, your ability to limit turnovers, keep that ball in a nice tight area where only your wide receiver can get it, and put that on-target throw number up, continue to drop that bad throw number, and you're only going to see more touchdowns. You're only going to see more first downs. You're only going to see a more efficient passer. And talk about efficiency. Let's drop down here a little bit to the bottom of the this passing chart here. I want to talk about... Next-gen stats, and I want to talk about RBSDM. So RBSDM is created by Ben Baldwin on Twitter. He is the computer cowboy. Next-gen stats does a lot of analytic data. And what they do is they have Amazon Web Services. They put this little device inside the pads, and they can track all this. RBSDM, it's R-squared type of stuff. You could take a whole course and learn how to do it. But what each of them measures is a lot of efficiency metrics. And one I want to take a look at first, because I think EPA plus CPOE, which EPA is expected points added. So how much you're improving the team plus CPOE, which is completion percentage over expected. How many bigger throws are you making than expected? So, I mean, if you're making a 10 yard throw that should be completed 50% of the time, you hit it every time that's 50% of your EPA, your CPOE, it's going to be half of that. Basically, I know I kind of explained that a little bad, but you could just look at Jalen Hurts' number in his EPA plus CPOE year over year, where he went from 0.02 EPA plus CPOE to 0.088. So you've probably heard Mina Kimes talk about this number on TV, this completion percentage over expected, and EPA. You hear me talk about that all the time with DVOA. These two things go hand in hand. Because if you make better throws, improve your completion percentage over expected, improve your efficiency, and have this ability to continue to make more plays, continue to make better throws, it's only going to improve. And you see the guys like uh, Josh Allen, for example. You see guys like Patrick Mahomes. This number for them is through the roof. And it means they're helping their team by being a better player, being a player you win because of, and not just a player you win with. So the more this number goes up, the more Jalen Hurts is contributing to this offense. And he is only going to be a bigger part of it moving forward, in my opinion, because he has a year of the offensive playbook under his belt. They're going to want him to take on more throws to see where they could push his threshold moving into his second year of starting. And one thing we haven't talked about, his legs. And we're going to talk about just that when we get back here on this edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. But before we do that, we have a message from our friends over at Get Upside. And you know me, Gino Camilleri, your host of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. I'm always using the Get Upside app. And you know what I'm doing? 
and punch in a little promo code, and it's touchdown. All you have to do, go and get the GetUpside app, go on your phone, put in the promo code touchdown, and you could get up to $0.25 cents per gallon that you fill up at the pump each time you use the GetUpside app. And what this does, every time you put some gas into your car, you get money back into your account. You get it in Amazon gift cards, get it in PayPal, e-gift cards, basically any type of thing that you want that has a monetary value, you could get it back from GetUpside. So make sure you go to the GetUpside app today. Use that promo code TOUCHDOWN to make sure you get some money back in your pocket by using that promo code TOUCHDOWN at GetUpside today. All right, welcome on back, everybody, to this edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. As always, I'm your host, Gino Camilleri. Thank you for making the Lockdown Eagles podcast your first listen of each and every day. And for your second listen, make sure you tune in to the Peacock and Williamson show. They're going on the road, and they will be at Super Bowl weekend in L.A., as well as the hosts from the respective teams that will have the availability to be on Radio Row and soak it all in there in Los Angeles. I wish we could have did it here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast, but we hope that happens next year. And it's going to come on the shoulders of a great quarterback performance going into next season. We're going to continue our discussion here, talking about some numbers, talking about where Jalen Hurts can really continue to improve on his game and where he really has shown up. Before we finish up talking about his arm, I want to get into talking about his legs. I want to talk about his ability to run the ball. One area that I look at, and it might be red on the 2021 side, but I look at it as a green metric in my opinion, where he is not rushing as many times per game. He drops those rush attempts from 12.6 to 9.27. The first downs per game went down from 5 to 56, or 5 to 3.73, excuse me, per game. And then you look at these 20-plus rushes and – He only had 0.47 this year, but 0.6 last year. So what that means to me is he's running more, not by design, not to kind of cover up what he's doing, but out of necessity when it is needed in the passing game. Because last year, I believe he had 12 to 13 attempts because they designed more stuff for him. It wasn't because he really had to get outside the pocket. He really had to rush this year. I think seeing him around nine is because he did that out of necessity. He, he's like, all right, I can actually throw. I mean, look at his attempts. Look at his efficiency ratings up here. His completion percentage, it all goes up. And that's because he's more confident in his arm. Not saying that you don't want to see him rush for 70.8 yards a game, but 52 will do. That's right up there with Randall Cunningham. That's right up there with Vic. That's right up there with McNabb. That's fine. I know it looks red on my chart here, But seeing Jalen Hurts take a step back with his legs, but still able to be efficient with his legs, as you can see here, from his effective yards at 65.53 per game, he's only getting better in his ability to run. Oh, also, you want to see a big jump? His DVOA went from minus 15.2 in the run game last year to 14.4 this year. He's gotten better. He's gotten more efficient. And he's only going to improve on his decision-making and knowing when to keep his body safe. And I think the ability to extend some of these runs, you might see him take a step back and 
I would say, get down on the ground some more, but he's still going to use those legs to his advantage. So the efficiency is what I care about the most in both departments. And another area I really care about is explosive plays. And one section that I look at is this right here. These 40-plus plays, these 20-plus plays, these explosive areas where you want to push the ball down the field, where you want to see your quarterback open up a defense where they don't just have to stack eight in the box and defend the run. They have to drop seven into coverage and defend the pass. So you look, year over year, he dropped in both 20-plus yard completions and 40-plus yard completions year over year. One, I believe, I think he was – kind of more lackadaisical with the ball last year. So he was willing to push it down the field a little more into some areas where you can see his bad throw number were some bad throws that they registered this year. He, I would say was more hesitant to turn the ball over in these deep areas where last year, that was really where he started to push those balls down the field and they started to get picked off. But this year he kind of made things happen in the intermediate areas, but that's not a bad thing. Pushing the ball in the intermediate area can open up a play for 14 yards. You just hope that have to hope that your player gets six, seven yards after the catch. You just have to hope that you guys have players like Devontae Smith that are going to open up the field and Quez Watkins that are going to make plays downfield. And you just have to get on the same page with them because I fully believe that this team can have more than three 20-plus plays per game. You have to be up there with the, the top teams that are sitting around eight or nine. I mean, Buffalo, you looked at the the performance they had in that AFC divisional round against Kansas City. Man, those boys were pushing the ball downfield 20-plus at a time like it was their day job. Oh, because it is their day job. It's your job to be able to exp expand the field, throw the ball down the field, and continue to create explosive plays. I want to see that number go up, but with the efficiency – with the improved completion percentage, with his ability to keep the ball on the ground and keep it safe. I think those are three areas that Jalen Hurts really has a good foundation. But can he improve in his consistency from game to game? Can he improve in his ability to drop those bad throw numbers down? Improve the good throw numbers. Continue to drop that uh, interception number. Continue to drop the fumble number. Make the bad numbers go down and make the good numbers go up because that's what good quarterbacks do year over year. And you want to see Jalen Hurts, if he is going to be the guy, if he is going to be the franchise quarterback, he has to take the reins and make all of these areas look green if you're looking at my chart here. But in total, if you look at his passing game, he went up in 32 different metrics as opposed to going down in 17 metrics where he was even in one in the passing game. And then, like I said, in the rush game, I'm not really super worried about these numbers, but he went up in four areas, down in five, even in two. All in all, Jalen Hurts, he made footsteps. He made a few steps. He made footsteps. Of course, that's what happens when you walk. He made a few steps forward, I would say. He needs to make a jump forward next year. It's going to be year three of evaluation, second full year as a starter. Like Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni said, he has to take the bull by the horns and continue to be the matador that reigns this thing in. It's his ship, and he has control right now. And how do you do it? You continue to develop year over year, and I'm excited to see what Jalen Hurts can do. But that'll do it with the Jalen Hurts talk when we come back won't be my face that you see. It'll be K-1.
Kim Becker and the host of Lockdown Now, where they will be taking you through all of the four teams, respective hosts of each of those teams, to talk about the potential Super Bowl push for all of them. It was just a few years ago when the Eagles were there, but we're here talking about next season in 2022 already. But when we get back, after a message from our friends over at Bet Online, you will be hearing from Kim Becker and the Locked On Now podcast. And Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march towards the Super Bowl and beyond. We're getting ready for 2022. NHL is in full swing, soccer is in full swing, NBA, boxing, UFC actions going on all the time. And what a better place to bet than betonline.ag. Make sure you use that promo code Locked On L O C K E D. O-N to get 50% towards your welcome bonus. So if you put $100 in, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you'll get $50. That's half of what you put in will be added to your bankroll where you can go and bet, play some wagers, bet responsibly, but make sure you do it at betonline.ag. BetOnline, where the game begins. Coming up, Championship Sunday is just days away, and we've got to punch two tickets to the Super Bowl. Who will serve as the reigning AFC and NFC champion for the year to come? We'll find out what each team still standing needs to do to earn a conference title on Locked On Now NFL. <laughs> The biggest games, the best performances, expert analysis. You are locked on now. You're listening to Locked On Now NFL, local experts on the biggest stories throughout the NFL. I'm your host, Kim Becker, and thanks so much for making Locked On Now your first listen every weekday. Our Locked On NFL hosts are here to look ahead to the NFC and AFC championship games. Let's start where these teams are trying to get to Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium. They will host the Super Bowl in two weeks, but first, the Rams have to host the 49ers for the NFC crown. The biggest game. San Francisco 49ers fans don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo will be their starting quarterback next season, but they do know that he'll be under center to try to win his second NFC championship game in three years against the Rams on Sunday. With a chance to remain undefeated against the NFC in the postseason, our Locked On 49ers host says the key to a San Francisco victory is Jimmy G not making the big mistakes that could cost the Niners the whole game. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, former NFL and AFL defensive back Eric Crocker, and I am one half of the Locked On 49ers crew here to give you your 49ers' main key to victory as they travel to Levi South and take on the Los Angeles. Rams in the NFC championship game. All right. I, I think this, this game, it begins and ends with the play of Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, if I had to give it just one main key victory here, it's Jimmy G don't turn the ball over. And if you do just limit it. So right now, 49ers, the way I see it, Jimmy G one turnover. That's all we're giving you. Just one. Anything more than that, it'd be trouble for the San Francisco 49ers. All right, so that's going to do it, man. I hope you guys appreciate that. Make sure you guys listen to our show as well, Locked On 49ers, the best show on the Locked On Network podcast. Let's go, 49ers, win this game this Sunday. 
Matthew Stafford picked up his first playoff win just a couple of weeks ago, and now he's a win away from playing the biggest football game on the planet in the Rams' home stadium. Our Locked On Rams host tells you how L.A. gets the veteran QB to the Super Bowl he's chased for 12 whole seasons. Hey, it's Travis Rogers from Locked On Rams. So here is the one key to victory this weekend for the Rams in the NFC Championship game against the San Francisco 49ers. Remember when you used to play with matches as a kid and maybe you'd get away with it once in a while and a couple of weeks, months, years later, you realize how bad of an idea that was that you could have burned the whole house down? That was the Rams in Tampa against the Bucks. They were playing with matches. They turned it over way too many times. Four turnovers in that game. Somehow they escaped. Somehow they beat Tom Brady despite turning it over four different times. If they're going to beat the Niners, they simply cannot do that. They might be able to get away with one. Two is probably the end of the wrap. And anything more than that, it is absolutely not going to happen for you there. You can check out more about the Los Angeles Rams on my podcast, Locked on Rams, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. It is free and available on all platforms, your team, every day. The Kansas City Chiefs played the Cincinnati Bengals just a few weeks ago at the end of the regular season, and since he won. So how do the Chiefs make sure that that doesn't happen again with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line? Our Locked on Chiefs says a combination of learning from the mistakes of that game and keeping the momentum going from last week will add up to a big win. But he has more on the details. The AFC Championship game comes down to two things for the Kansas City Chiefs. Can Patrick the Reaper Mahomes continue his run as we saw against the Bills? And can the Chiefs defense and its staff learn its lesson from the last time they played the Cincinnati Bengals? I'm Ryan Tracy from Locked On Chiefs, and that's what it comes down to. You saw an extraordinary effort by the offense, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, to not only get to overtime, but then win it. They don't need to do that. They have to avoid it, in fact, in order to get this win against a team that is nearly as explosive. On the other side, you have to be careful if you're Steve Spagnuolo or anyone out there on the field on the defensive side of the ball to not overreact to what you saw the last time when Jamar Chase destroyed that secondary on a circus catch after circus catch. Tyron Matthews should be back and playing in this ballgame. That helps. You have to adjust, and you have to play over the top, and you have to try to take Chase and limit him. Not take him away, because then you're devoting too many other resources to that, and someone else is going to hurt you. I think they're going to play more zone. I think they have to back off and let Joe Mixon hurt them if he can. They'll live with that, and that will get them the win. For more on this game and your Chiefs, check out Locked On Chiefs. We're free on every platform. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joe Burrow took a beating last week as he fought his way into the AFC Championship game. And while Cincinnati does already have a win against Kansas City under its belt this season, our Locked On Bengals host says that the team can't get a second one if it doesn't keep its quarterback on his feet. Will the Bengals take down the Chiefs on Sunday in Kansas City in advance to the Super Bowl? Hi again, everyone. I'm James Rapine of the Locked On Bengals podcast. And that is the question going into this epic AFC championship game between two teams that played each other this month. They played each other on January 2nd at Paul Brown Stadium. The Bengals came out victorious 34-31, to overcoming three different 14-point deficits. I expect Sunday to be a different story. The Bengals can't fall behind against this Chiefs team by two scores and expect a rally on the road. But the number one key, protect Joe Burrow. Burrow was sacked nine times last week against the Titans. He was hit 13 times. And yeah, the offense had 19 points. Well, 19 points isn't going to cut it against Patrick Mahomes. The magic number, 
40. If they can somehow get to 40, you feel good about their chances. How do they do that? They keep Joe Burrow upright. If they do that, he can distribute the ball to all of his weapons, including Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, and the Bengals just might sneak in to the Super Bowl. For more, make sure you check out the free and the only daily Bengals podcast, Locked On Bengals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. That's a wrap for us here. Thanks so much for making Locked On Now your first listen every day. For more on the National Football League and your team, make your second listen Locked On NFL and your team's Locked On podcast. I'm Kim Becker. This has been Locked On Now. Locked On your team every day. Coming up, championships. That'll do it for us here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. I thank you for tuning in once again for your first listen each and every day. I'm Gino Camilleri, your host, as always. Appreciate you downloading. Appreciate you subscribing. Appreciate you tuning in here, the Lockdown Eagles podcast, your first listen of each and every day. Tune in next time. Fly, Eagles, fly.